Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Nationals podcast. Joining us today, as he does every week, it is Matt Wyrick from NBC Sports Washington. Today it is the 20th of April, 2022, and the Nationals won two games in one day yesterday against the Arizona Diamondbacks. We'll have some thoughts from that and more coming up on today's show. You are Locked On Nationals. Your daily Washington Nationals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, once again, hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here joining us today, as he does every single week. It is Matt Wyrick of NBC Sports Washington. Uh, Matt, the Nationals right now, after a really nice day yesterday, are in second place in the National League East. Now, it's early in the season, right? But uh, they are currently tied in second place with the Atlanta Braves. Um, So, you know what? Hey, like generally speaking, some positivity. And I think the big thing for me is I don't think the Nationals are a good team, but things that good teams do, they beat bad teams. And, you know, some teams, even good teams, don't beat a bad team twice in one day. The Nationals did that last uh, yesterday and then last night. So, Overall thoughts of just, you know, going not just 1-0 today, as Dave Martinez says, but going 2-0 yesterday at the Nats. Yeah, definitely lots of encouraging things from the Nationals uh, in that doubleheader. They got strong starts from both Joanna Doan and Josiah Gray, two of the younger pitchers in their rotation. They saw Victor Robles spark a couple of offensive rallies uh, after he had been held hitless over his first 18 at-bats. Uh, he came through Cesar Hernandez with a couple of RBI doubles. So certainly a lot of things uh, that the Nationals have to hang their hats on uh, from that series. But of course, it is the Diamondbacks uh, who have scored just one run in their last 29 innings. So it is not the most fearsome of competition, right. uh, but wins are wins. And the Nationals will certainly take them given uh, how few they are projected to have this season. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And, you know, it's, you know, this is what eventually down the line, if they want to compete, things that you have to do, right, is beat the bad teams, uh, you know, and, and keep yourself, you know, that's you, you play a tough division. Sometimes the divisional games are tough. You know, you got to take care of business when those teams from usually different coasts come in, especially on their second series. Right. You, you, it's, it's difficult. They played a good team in the Mets. They lost that series. You know, um, the rain gives them a day to gather themselves, but also gave the Nats a day to gather themselves after, I would say, a pretty disappointing weekend in Pittsburgh. Um, let's start with last night's game first. So Yuan Adon, you know, he goes six and a third, three hits, two walks, five Ks, no runs allowed. Really strong performance. He was the first Nationals pitcher this year to make it through six full innings. He only did an 88 pitches, which for the Nationals, it's pretty good. Pretty good right there. T- to me, his spot in the rotation is an interesting one. He really is um, not the odd man out, but I would say in this sense, you know, he's not the known quantity that anybody else is. Obviously, you're still waiting on Strasburg to come back, but Corbin, you kind of know, or well, we don't know, but like you, you, you know what he should be or can be or what he's trying to at least trying to get back to his old form. Eric Fetty, like they just want him to be steady Fetty, right? That's kind of what they want out of him. And then Josiah Gray is obviously a young guy with a lot of promise. So you kind of know where he fits in all this. He's somebody you figure to be in the rotation, not just this year, but down the line. Um, you know, Josh Rogers is that's a question mark, but he's not part of the rotation to start off with. Annabelle Sanchez, you hope to be the kind of the old steady hand. Joe Ross, we go down the line, you know, another steady guy he had a good year last year. And then obviously Strasburg too coming back from injury. But Adon is kind of like the weird, you know, he he's 
a young guy, but he's not a really top sought after thought of, you know, highly thought of prospect, but he's still very young. And I think he was the guy that kind of just, he had some nice moments early, but really did have some struggles early on in the season. And I think it's funny that he's actually the guy who makes it to six innings. I think he's probably the last guy I would have picked to go six full innings. What are your thoughts on his start yesterday? Yeah, you know, Adone is a guy that's been on the Nationals radar for several years now, even if he wasn't, you know, up there in prospect rankings. You know, they signed him uh, out of the Dominican at 17 years old and have developed them him, him developed him themselves and you know we, we know that the nationals have really struggled to develop pitching uh but adone is a guy that they have put in a lot of work in over the years uh to turn into a major league ready starter they gave him one start at the end of last season and he's come out of the gate so far this year even leading up to yesterday's start showing a lot of promise you know he had some uh performances where the wheels kind of fell off towards the end uh facing lineup third time through things like that but you know he showed flashes of you know absolute dominance he has a lot of movement on his pitches and we saw that uh in full force yesterday uh with a lot of looping uh breaking balls fastballs up in the zone you know was even able to touch 97 he was clearly amped uh and he got his first major league win out of it which uh davy martinez was 30 minutes late showing up to his post-game press conference uh after game two uh and he would not tell us the exactly what was going on citing he wanted to keep (laughs) it within the circle uh, but he did say that, uh, you know, it was to celebrate Adone's first career win. The clubhouse was obviously really excited about that. And they said it was a, a night he would remember for a long time. So uh, spirits are high for Adone moving forward. And and I would say like, th- these are the kind of moments that we're going to be talking about, right? Like like this kind of moment's going to be coming at some point for a guy like Cade Cavalli, right? Uh, you know, Josiah Gray will hit some certain milestones. On the hitting side, you're going to have guys like Kbert Ruiz hitting certain you know milestones as well. It just kind of shows you wh- where this team is. Even older guys, right? Paulo Espino last year, it just kind of showed you where things were. Right, first I think the first win in his career, and then first save in his career. It's kind of where the Nationals roster is at. I, I want to say, thought the Nationals did a great job, especially Adone, just understanding the circumstances. A cold night after in, in the second game of the series, that's a time to attack. Right, that you know might get some tired legs. The other teams in the road. I thought he did a good job attacking yesterday from the outset. Um, it was pretty clear their intentions were, all right, let's, you know, let's, let's go out there. Let's get back in the dugout best we can. Right. And I thought he really did a good job facilitating that. Um, I, I thought, like, I think I thought there was a certain amount of using the elements to your advantage. Do you agree? No, definitely. Uh, Adon, you know, even talked about after the game, how he knew it was cold out there and uh, he wanted to take advantage of hitters uh, who, you know, maybe were a bit more rigid than they usually are, mm-hmm. not as loose uh, and, and pumping in that heat. He had a hand warmer in his back pocket, uh, that he was using frequently to try to keep his hand uh, warm and flexible. Uh, and, you know, like you said, he, he came out pounding strikes, and, and that was the big thing. You know, his his pitch count was getting up there early in his first couple of starts. Uh, that's why the Nationals weren't able to push him uh, as deep into games as maybe they would have liked to. Uh, but he came out today, had a couple of really efficient innings. I believe one was eight pitches, another was 12. You know, still had uh, an inning or two where he really had to work through things. Uh, but he's a young pitcher still trying to, to find his right. way in the major leagues, and, and that's to be expected. So the fact that he was able to go six and a third, put in the Nationals' first quality start of the year, you know, the Nationals got to be pretty pleased with that. Uh, and then Tanner Rainey yesterday. So this is the day where the Nationals' offense, at least a night, where the offense wasn't there. Um, the the no, 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 yes, yes, yes. I mean, it looked like old Tanner Rainey. And, you know, I think it's a guy that – we don't always say we feel bad for pro athletes, but like you could tell his confidence was really shaken last year. And for him to have yeah. an opportunity now is to have to be like the closer and to shake off that last night. Like you could just tell after the game, it meant a lot to him. 
you know, and, and you can tell he's frustrated with how, how it actually got to that point, but he's like, my job is to get people out. Like I shouldn't, the bases shouldn't be loaded. He got out of the situation and I thought he did it with some poise and did it with good pitching and the defense was there behind him. And so I was really impressed by the way, you know, not, I was not impressed by how he pitched. I was impressed by the way he gutted it out though. Yeah. You know, he, uh, he's a guy who the nationals, despite the fact that he was sent down to triple a Rochester last year, mm-hmm. despite the fact that he missed time with injury, they have maintained their belief in him uh, as a potential closer of the future. And right now, Closer for the present, Davey Martinez said after the game uh, that when he is fully rested, Tanner Rainey is going to be their guy uh, for save opportunities. Uh, now, he won't be overused like a, a Sean Doolittle might have been a couple of years ago, you know, closing games two, three nights in a row. Uh, Davey feels comfortable going to other pitchers uh, such as Kyle Finnegan in those sick chances. But uh, for the most part, it's going to be Rainey. And, and he, like he said, he showed some poise last night, loading the bases with no outs, uh, you know, to start the inning, it's a one run ball game. Uh, and, and to be able to get out of that by, you know, getting a pop out, a foul out ground ball or a fly ball out to the left to end the game. I mean, that was, that was some impressive pitching and, you know, the national sent a pitching coach, Jim Hickey out there uh, to talk to him about his fastball and uh, how it was looking a little flat to them uh, off the bat. And so he, you know, was able to hone in that control, uh, get his pitch working the way he wanted it to and and ultimately get out of a, a really tough jam. So you got to give him credit for that. And, you know, he's got three for three on save chances this year. So, you know, the Nationals uh, overall, this bullpen has actually looked pretty good, you know, across yeah. the board. You, you wrote about Victor Arano. Um, and he, to me, it's like he's got that Wander Suero role because it feels like Wander Suero is the guy who just came out of the pen like every every day. It felt like Wander Suero was pitching. Um and the Nationals need that. Like, you know, I think it's weird to say you have a sixth inning guy, but doesn't he feel like a sixth inning guy? Like, it's like the sixth inning is basically his inning. And he's been really strong. These are the kinds of players the Nationals have to hit on, right? When you're not willing to spend a ton of money, right? When you, not because you won't at all, but you, you're tied up in some big contracts, hitting on Kyle Finnegan's, having Sean Doolittle's come back, resuscitating a Tanner Rainey, you know, finding a victor around you. Like, these are the guys that have to work for you. Not just, you know, we're not talking about winning games here, but then down the line maybe, but like to not have an abject disaster in the pen last year like it was, right? It's just about, you know, being serviceable and solid. And he's done, he's, he's you know, he's gone above and beyond. Just talk about some of your work. You won't have to spoil everything you wrote. People go check it out, NBC Sports Washington. But just your thoughts on, you know, on his role and is it that Swero role that, that kind of was, we saw with Wander so much? Yeah, you know, Victor Arano, a guy who coming into this year hadn't pitched in the major league since 2019, um, mm. had uh, elbow surgery, missed two seasons, was in the Braves minor league system uh, last year, but never made it up into the majors, was finally getting a chance with the Nationals. And he's playing a, a key role, even if it's not one that's going to earn him saves and holds. He's a guy right. who Davey Martinez is re- relying on, uh, you know, as a fireman, the guy who comes in with one out and runners on first and second, and he needs to get the the team out of the frame or he comes in in the sixth inning uh, with the nationals down two to one, you know, it's not maybe doesn't produce the the sexy numbers that protecting a two, one lead does, but it, you know, when you are down by one run still in the ball game, that inning is just as important. And the nationals can't use their a relievers guys like Finnegan and Tanner Rainey, Sean Doolittle, you know, in all of those situations, sometimes they need to, you know, lean in farther down the pen in order to keep a game close. And that's exactly what Arano has been able to do so far. Uh, a tremendous amount of strikeouts, 12 strikeouts. It's over a 15 K per nine on the season. And he hasn't walked the batter yet. 
uh, and that's in seven appearances. So certainly uh, impressive for him. It's all about his slider. If that slider is working, it's practically unhittable. Uh, so the Nationals uh, have been really high on him. Uh, you know, they were throughout camp, uh, and he earned that spot at the, the bullpen coming out of spring training right. and, and certainly showed that he deserves it. Yeah, it's, it's just such an interesting, you know, because his numbers were good in the majors. I mean, if you look at his, you know, his major league numbers, is it that elbow surgery? Is, is it those elbow issues that, that are really, you know, why teams weren't so, uh, you know, interested in having him despite his good numbers? I mean, he seems like kind of a forgotten man. You know, he he right. was basically out of the league for two years. The the Phillies cut bait, uh, and then the Braves weren't convinced enough. Despite he actually put up pretty good numbers in AAA last year, but the Braves bullpen was honestly pretty filthy last season, and they really yeah. just didn't have a need for him uh, at all. You know, especially being a right hander. Uh, you know, they've had their noted issues with lefties, but, you know, on the right side, they're they're pretty set. So they didn't feel a need to bring him up and, you know, ultimately decided not to bring him back uh, last year. And, you know, the Nationals, you know, benefited from that. So it, it really is just them, you know, maybe being familiar with Arano, having seen him in the division a couple of years ago and, and Davey Martinez being willing to give him a chance. All right, we'll get to the first game from yesterday. First, quick word from our sponsors. It is Mother's Day season, everybody. You guys can pick out a great gift for anybody, really, honestly, in your life with Blue Nile today. The Mother's Day uh, you know, season is always an easy one or not an easy one for a lot of people to shop for. This will take care of that. You guys go to BlueNile.com and you guys use Locked On Sports, uh, Locked On, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N as the promo code. And you guys will get uh, $50 to $500 off depending on uh, you know, on what you are going to be buying. So everybody, please check that out today. Go to Blue Nile. It'll, uh, the stuff will arrive in a discreet package so you guys can make sure, you know, uh, nobody can tell what it is. Blue Nile, they are the official jewelry provider here of Locked On Podcast Network. All right, Matt. So yesterday's 6-1 game, let's talk about Josiah Gray. Um, and I, I, This is really a podcast. We focus on pitching so much. We get to the offense, but pitching is what we have to really focus on for this team. Josiah Gray has a really strong outing. Um, I'm not seeing it. don't have the numbers pulled up right now, but was it five and a third? I think eight Ks he ends up getting, one run allowed. It was, it was off a home run, which we'll get to in a second. But this is, you know, this is part of the development here. This this is the kind of outings they need from him more often. Now, I think the one, the one thing I'm a little concerned about is, you know, the home run ball as it warms up is going to be something he's got. He's got to, got to keep himself aware of, you know, I was talking to somebody yesterday and they said, oh, ask me about Josiah Gray. And I said, look, the home runs, man, like he'll, he'll leave stuff over the plate and you can take it. Now I like it because he's aggressive. That that's, that means you're being aggressive. You know, if you're leaving pitches over the middle of the plate now, you know, you'll miss more often, but he, he'll learn with age how to better control his stuff and situationally how to take care of, you know, things like that. Um, but your, your thoughts on that performance and a strong outing to put the nationals in really good position. Yeah, look, Josiah Gray is a fly ball pitcher. You know, he's going for either striking you out or getting yes. you to, you know, hit a fly ball uh, to one of his guys out in the outfield. And, and that's just kind of his style uh, of pitching. He's not going to produce a lot of weak contact ground balls. It's kind of all or nothing, which is going to produce, you know, some bad starts and some good starts. Uh, you know, we've, we've seen it with Max Scherzer, uh, who is a guy who is kind of the same way. Uh, you know, we'll obviously rack up the strikeouts, but when teams are making contact, it's usually not on the ground. It's it's up, up high. So that's the kind of his M.O. Uh, but mm -hmm. I thought that, you know, he was presented with a really unique task yesterday 
having to face a Diamondbacks lineup with nine left-handed or switch hitting with switch hitters. He said it was the first time in his entire baseball career, you know, in any game uh, that he faced an entire lineup of lefties. Uh, and that forced him to really rely on the curveball. And that's what I wrote about uh, for NBC Sports Washington is just how much he had to use that curveball, which for him is, is still a relatively new pitch. He only learned it mm. back in 2019, started throwing it a year later. Uh, and coming up through the minor leagues, it was kind of considered his third pitch. His slider was considered his primary off-speed offering. Uh, and he doesn't throw the slider against lefties. He only threw five in the whole game. Uh, and basically saying, okay, well, since they're going to throw all lefties at me, here's my curveball, see what you can do with it. And it had great success. He only allowed one hit on it. I believe he had six whiffs out of the eight swings on the pitch in general. Mm. Uh, so overall, great numbers with the curve. The fastball was effective. Uh, it is the pitch that he gave up a home run on, uh, which is going to happen from time to time. But if he can keep the ball in the yard, you know, limited to – you know, one home run a game, something like right. that. Uh, you know, I think that the Nationals will certainly take that from him at this current stage uh, of his development. Uh, you know, as, as we saw last year, the home runs can add up, and uh, he kind of got lucky with a bunch of solo bombs early on, and then it caught up to him. Uh, so if, you know, he can be more consistent and, and not give up too many long balls, keep that ball in the yard, I think that there's certainly reasons to be optimistic about where he is right now. And the strikeouts, you know, that's something that I wouldn't be looking for him to rack up right, right now. But when right. he does, you certainly got to be excited. Yeah, and I think he had, I mean, I forget which game it was. First, second start last year, we had a few and people were, okay, this guy, you know, yeah. you know, and it's, it, it's, uh, it did actually remind me of Max some, toward Max towards the end, you know, it felt like it was like, okay, home run or K, you know, yeah. a lot of times the result of Max Scherzer. So, and he's learning too. And I, I think we're seeing some of that development. I think also to the, the full lineup of lefties, I do think at some point actually it does help though. Cause you're like, I'm used to it now. I know what's coming up next, right? There's no righty lefty, right? We're not, we're not flipping around two lefties, you know, a couple righties. So I, I think that while difficult, I think there actually is something to, you know, I'm not sure if you mentioned anything about this, but I feel, don't you feel like, it, you know, you maybe settle in eventually. I mean, yeah, you, you certainly, if you're you're getting used to just having to throw in on batters every single time, right. you know, you're you're going to be able to repeat that uh, over and over again from at bat to at bat, and not have to. So it certainly uh, does make sense. Um. So also, what what are your thoughts on you know double usage yesterday? I'm not sure how many guys. I think it was just Kyle Finnegan, right? Got used. Yeah, yeah. in both games. Did he? Yeah, he pitched in both games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, Threw it, I think he threw a full inning in, in both those games. Let's see, threw uh, 13 pitches in game one and 14 in game two. I, what do you think about that? I was a little surprised to see it. You know, Finnegan is a is a guy who you know no health issues to to re report. You know, tough dude. Also, just yeah, he, he's willing to to take the ball and, and do whatever. Right. You know, in my short conversations that I've had with him so far this season, you know, he's a team player. He's a guy who mm -hmm. you know is going to do whatever Davey asks of him. Uh, you know, he was very grateful for the opportunity to close games last year, but he isn't looking to be a closer. He's he thinks right. that, you know, any outs, you know, towards the end of the game are just as important no matter what inning you're in. Uh, so, you know, he strikes me as a guy that, you know, if Davey says, can you do this? He's going to say yes, no matter what, uh, you know, as, as a guy who was kind of like a career minor leaguer for a long time and then finally got his chance with the Nationals. You know, he's not going to squander that. He's going to, to try to take hold of any opportunity he gets and. If that means pitching twice in a day, hey, I mean, of all the people in the bullpen right now, you know, given his age compared to where a lot of the other guys are health-wise, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it kind of, he would kind of be the guy to me that jumps off the page as somebody who would uh, pitch in both games. Offensively, the one thing that stuck out to me, and you can tell me if you agree or disagree, lack of sustained offense, right? They've had a, a lot of really nice first innings this year that have the Nationals. 
but they're not scoring throughout the game. Now, yesterday's first game, they actually didn't score until the, I think it was the, uh, the fifth. But I like the fact they got two in the fifth, one in the sixth, three in the eighth. That helps just the bullpen because you're helping to grow the lead. Or in situations where they might be giving some back, you're keeping the pressure applied. Um, and what that comes down to really is, is hitting throughout the lineup. And you mentioned Victor Robles being able to, to get going. And you mentioned Cesar Hernandez, you know, be able to do some stuff. Like the, the bottom part of the lineup has just been such a, let's be honest, it's been a disaster so far this year. Um, and I'm not sure what they, what they do to fix it, but just your thoughts on them being able to actually, you know, string together some more offense. Like, I just think those guys at the back end have to be, excuse me, like, around league average or a little bit below. They're not even close to that right now. And we saw them yesterday do a little bit of that, and they got a 6-1 win. Yeah, I mean, let's be completely honest. The The lineup has been Juan Soto, Josh Bell, and a little bit of Michael Franco mixed in. Right. You know, it hasn't really uh, seen steady production from anyone else. You know, Cesar Hernandez has had, had a nice little streak of reaching base to start the game. Uh, he obviously had two RBI doubles yesterday. Um, but you know, his overall numbers are not great. You know, he's not drawing very many walks, getting on base uh, a ton in front of guys like Soto and Cruz, which Cruz has not been hitting, uh, at all really, uh, has one home run on the year, but other than that, hasn't much done much, uh, at the plate, uh, so far this season left field has been a bit of a, uh, you know, a hole in, on the offensive side, given Lane Thomas's lack of production there shortstop between Lucius Fox and Alcides Escobar hasn't seen a, a whole lot. So there are a lot of holes, uh, in, you know, Victor Robles, you know, we've touched on him many times, you know, there are plenty of holes in this offense right now. And, you know, the nationals are willing to be patient uh, to see if some of these veteran guys can, can kind of settle into who they used to be guys like Bronco Escobar, Cesar Hernandez, you know, those are guys that they've seen it and them do it in the past and they think they can do it again. Uh, Same with Victor Robles. They think that he can get back to his 2019 form, which, you know, back in 2019, we were talking about how that was a good building block for him to actually become a complete hitter. Uh, so even him reverting back to 2019 form, you know, still is a hitter with some question marks, a bit all or nothing, uh, you know, did have 17 home runs, 17 stolen bases, you know, a solid year for sure. But, uh, you know, not necessarily the complete hitter, top of the lineup kind of guy that the Nationals were hoping he would become. So, you know, the answers to this, these, these lineups are just kind of patience. Uh, you know, obviously right. Luis Garcia is, is down in AAA. He just won AAA Player of the Week. I was gonna, br- um, I was gonna bring that up because, like, at what point do you pull the trigger on this? Because, you know, I, we talked about him getting reps, but Gar- I mean, Escobar looks like the guy who there's a reason why he was out of the league, right, for a little bit of time. You know, that and I, it was awesome to see him last year. It was, you know, good veteran to have, but got a kid tearing it up there in AAA. You know, and Escobar is not really doing well. I mean, you know. Give him the chance, right? Give him the opportunity. I mean, it, you know, Escobar has been so bad so far. It's like, what's what's the worst that can happen? I know they're they're worried about, you know, they want to foster his development because they, they're no pressure to win right now, but he's off to a hot start. It's not like he hasn't played in the majors before, and there's a pretty clear need in the lineup, and, you know, we'll see what he does at shortstop as, as a defensive player. I know that's kind of the big concern, right? Yeah, you know, he had four errors in his first five games at AAA, uh, so certainly not <laughs> right. not the start the Nationals were looking for. But he has. But they are going Mike Franco out there, who's not you know no no this Gold Glover true. over there, right? No, no, and uh, you know Carter Keboom is working his way back from an elbow injury, and they're hoping that he can you know come back and, and be their third baseman, uh, you know, once he is ready to go. Um, so, you know, we're going to see the lineup look different, you know, in two months than maybe it looks right now. Right. But you know, I. I 
I know fans want to see Garcia and to see him win player of the week in AAA, you know, it definitely, you know, makes you think, is this kid ready? But he is a kid. I mean, he's 21 years old. He would be among the 15 youngest players in Major League Baseball if he were called up today. Uh, and, you know, the Nationals don't see any reason to rush him. You know, yes, they right. have a stated intention to have a competitive product this year. But let's be honest, you know, they know that they're not world beaters. They're not going to be serious contenders for the for the World Series this season. What is the rush in, in bringing up Garcia? Sure, you're going to have Alcides Escobar, who has the lowest average exit velocity in the major leagues right now <laughs> among qualified hitters. Uh, you know, sure, you have him at shortstop right now, and, and that's not necessarily offering a ton of offensive production. But the Nationals also see him as a valuable clubhouse leader right. uh, in a very yeah. strong Latin American clubhouse uh, for guys like Victor Robles. Uh, and Juan Soto to, you know, talk with and, and gain experience from. They also see him as a plus defender uh, for an infield that, you know, has some question marks. Like you mentioned, Michael Franco at third base, Josh Bell at first, you know, probably a league average first baseman, but he's, you know, no goal Glover. You know, Alcides right. Escobar is kind of the anchor uh, defensively for that infield right now. Uh, you bring up Luis Garcia, who, as we mentioned, has had some defensive struggles. You know, you, the whole thing could unravel from there, and that entire left side of the infield might be a disaster. Uh, you don't want that to be the case. So, you know, I, I understand fans wanting to see Garcia in the majors sooner rather than later. And I think that he absolutely should be up uh, within the next month or two. Uh, but for right now, you know, maybe Escobar is able to hit 260, uh, you know, with a 320 OBP. You know, maybe a team wants that at the deadline. Maybe a team is looking for a utility infielder uh, that they could have, uh, you know, to play multiple positions. And that could be Escobar and you get something out of it trade-wise. There's no reason uh, to make any rash decisions in April. Uh, one more thing on the defensive end. So I don't know the numbers for this, but it just the number feels high. I think they said yesterday Caber Ruiz has thrown out six people already this year. No, three that of six. Three of six. Okay, okay. Yes. I was, I was, I heard yesterday it was like three of six. But, but 50 he's got a, is impressive. Yeah, it's really good. Right. It's, I was like, it, there's no way it's six. Uh, absurd. But um, on defense, he 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 looks strong back there, and he's got a good arm. He's most time he's pretty accurate, and you know you got to think about running twice. Uh, you know, twice about running on him, and that's really good for a kid his age. I would say too. Yeah, you know, he was tested in the first inning uh, this season. Starling Marte tried to steal a base against him in, on opening Got day, uh, and he promptly threw him out. And, and Marte has been among the best base dealers in baseball right. for the last 10 years. So, uh, you know, the, the, when the Nationals acquired Ruiz, it was because of his defense. It was because of his receiving profile, uh, his the makeup, you know, his his work uh, before and after games and preparing to work with pitchers and things like that. Like, that was that was what the Nationals acquired him for. The offense was something that was just kind of icing on the cake. You know, for him, especially the power, you know, he was always kind of a guy who, who saw the strike zone well and, you know, he had mm. strong OBP numbers throughout the minor leagues. But the power didn't start to show itself until last season uh, when he really just exploded in AAA. I believe he led all AAA catchers uh, in home runs last season. So uh, that kind of came out of nowhere. And, you know, we haven't seen the home runs yet, but we have seen him hit a lot of deep fly balls that, yes. uh, you know, probably will be home runs later uh, in the summer. But, you know, home runs are down across the league right now. Uh, you know, at a historic rate at the moment, actually. Uh, and, you know, with all all 30 teams switching to using humidors with the baseballs, that might play a part uh, in why we have been seeing a lot of balls dying at the warning track. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's something that kind of uh, unfolds for Ruiz throughout the season. Yeah, not loving that. Let's be honest. Uh, we want we want the long ball. It kind of makes the game a little bit better. Uh, all right, Matt, one more quick word from our sponsors and we'll get you out of here. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to built.com today. It's built.com. 
Built Bars have 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. They've got mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond. They are uh, just as tasty as candy bars, but better for you than candy bars. Go to Built.com today. It's Built.com. Promo code LOCKED15. L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com today. Uh, all right, Matt. So what do you what have you been working on? Tell us about some of the pieces that you've been writing and also where people can find you and all of your other work. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was at, at the ballpark yesterday for both games. So I uh, got to talk to uh, Robles and uh, Josiah Gray mm-hmm. uh, and wrote up stories on both of them, uh, Robles and his work that he's been putting in at the plate, raising hands uh, in his stand, kind of get a better, uh, feel more free, he said. Uh, in his swing, uh, which allows his hands to get around quicker. So a little breakdown on that. Uh, and Josiah Gray's curveball wrote a piece on that uh, and how effective it was. So if you're interested in those numbers, you can dive into that over at NBCSportsWashington.com. Awesome. Uh, appreciate your time as always, Matt. We'll see you next week. Awesome. Thanks, Josh.